Hello and welcome to Cody and Corbin have a podcast, the show where two former roommates talk about a new movie every week. This week on the show, we're talking about Ender's Game. They know our strategies. They've learned our weaknesses. And the alien attack nearly destroyed us. That must never be allowed to happen again. As always, I'm your host, Corbin Zavokal, and joining me is my co-host, Cody Webb. Cody, how are we doing this week? <laughs> doing great, man. Appreciate the intro. Another another great one. Back-to-back great weeks, I would say. But uh, yeah, no, I'm just out here, you know, enjoying life, watching movies. Super excited to be here. Thank you. Got to keep the hot streak of the intros alive and uh, <laughs> keep on chugging along. And of course... Like I mentioned last week, we do have a guest this week. It's my current roommate. And they were roommates. Oh, we got some drama. My current roommate, Austin Nightenhelzer. You've come on to talk about Ender's Game. How are you feeling? How's it feel to be on the pod? Feel pretty good, especially knowing uh, I'm the better roommate. You know, had to have me save me for last. Uh, (laughs) I'm doing pretty good. I'm uh, excited to talk about Ender's Game, and I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to the conversation. Uh, Ender's Game. Interesting pick for sure. Probably not a movie Cody and I would have ever talked about uh, if you didn't bring it to our attention. So why did you pick it, Austin? Why did you want to talk about Ender's Game? So uh, I wanted to pick it, or I always say I did pick it. Um, Ender's Game is actually one of my favorite books. Uh, growing up, I read obviously Ender's Game and a lot of the books in this series. And uh, I was thinking about it probably a couple of weeks ago. I think I wanted to read the book. I thought might as well just rewatch the movie. And this gave me a, a purpose to rewatch it. So I figured it'd be a good movie to talk about uh, i'm sure there's a lot of uh, things that we could get into here but uh, mainly my fondness of the book is what made me come back to the movie so you're our you're going to be our resident expert on all in things ender's game today we'll put air quotes around Scott that. card uh, i actually have also read uh, ender's game and enjoyed it quite a lot and then i think i read one of the sequels but very interesting book series uh movies are pretty different in a lot of ways uh, but why don't we go ahead and get into our initial thoughts Cody, have you ever even seen this movie? And if not, you know, what is your thoughts on a first time watch? Yeah, no, I, um, I'm the odd man out here, I think, this week. I've not read the books. I've not seen the movie ever before. So this is my first um, true, like, you know, seeing of everything in this universe, which um, might be leave me out now, but that's fine. But yeah, actually, I think um, when this movie came out, I don't, I don't even know when it came out, but I think I saw the trailer. Um and basically, I just remember going to the YouTube comments and it being like, why did it spoil like the big twist at the end? Because uh, the trailer gave away basically that, you know, it wasn't a simulation or whatever, which is like the big twist. So going into it, I already knew like the entire movie, which sucked because I watched a trailer like 10 years ago. But <laughs> yeah, my initial thoughts, uh, you know, the acting and the scripts, you know, just flat out are not very good. <laughs> All the kid actors are pretty terrible, which I mean, they're kids, so we give them a little bit of a leniency, but um, just calling it as it is. Also, the direction shit. I don't know if you guys know this director, Gavin Hood. Uh, he also made X-Men uh, Origins Wolverine, which yeah. uh, is, is known as one of the worst movies of all time, I would say. <laughs> um, at least from a comic book sense. I mean, it's bad. I, I never want to see anything from that movie ever again in my life. Uh, mostly Sabretooth and Gambit, my God. But um, yeah, <laughs> this movie, I will throw out a positive right away as well. The effects are pretty damn good. I mean... They must have had a pretty like pretty decent budget for this. Supposed the effects look good. The sets, on the other hand, 
they're like super basic. I'm not a fan of it. Like they went all out for the effects, but I feel like they didn't put anything in the sets or the costumes. It's all just like as basic as I think you could do it. Um, obviously, I don't know anything about the books, so maybe it's like that the books do. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. You know, I, I do have some more thoughts, but I'll hop it over to you guys because I, I really don't know much about this property. I'm kind of iffy on this movie off the start. Yeah, the movie movie came out in 2013. Uh, by okay. the way, that that's the research. That's why I got the tabs open, Cody. <laughs> there you go. Um, but yeah, what are your initial thoughts on on rewatching this movie, Austin? Um, so I remember uh, Cody was mentioning the the trailer when it first came out, and I remember being very confused watching it because this movie came out like pretty uh, very recently to like after I finished the book, and I was confused as to. Again, like what Cody was saying, how like why they gave away the plot, and uh, the uh, the trailer seemed to be very geared towards the people who actually read the book. Like I knew it was happening in the trailer because like I knew the story, but if like Cody who had never read the book doesn't know what's happening, I thought the the trailer didn't do a very good job of like building the hype for the movie. And if I remember, uh, the marketing for this movie wasn't very good initially. Like anyways, uh, I think that's a big part of it. Um, something else I thought of uh, I was looking to see when Harrison Ford came back to I guess sci-fi genre and this was his first time back to sci-fi after a 30-year hiatus and I thought it was really interesting because I mean that's obviously what he got big on uh, and he came back to this and I don't want to spoil anything but I'm not a real big fan of his job in this movie but uh, (laughs) it just surprised me really yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm sure we will talk a lot about Harrison Ford uh, in a little <laughs> bit. But uh, <clears throat> my initial thoughts, uh, I think I saw this described uh, in like a letterbox review or somewhere on the internet where someone was like, this has to be like the most interesting concept done in the worst like possible way to like make it uninteresting and unfun. Because there's a lot of stuff in this in book. It, it deals with a lot of themes and topics. Uh, and like, you know, it's literally about like genocide and like the cost of war and like all this like very deep stuff. And it's just like so joyless, so boring, and it just lacks any sort of real heart to it. Um, I think something that the book manages to pull out in the end is like have some heart and like have some feeling. But like you just don't care about anything that's happening in this movie to me. Uh, there's the other other big just issue I have with it is just it's it's really rushed. Like there's no sense of time uh they like will walk from one room to the next it seems like and they're it's like three years later but the book or the movie does nothing to indicate that to you and it's very confusing in that regard and in in just in general the movie's just like hey like here's some bullshit that we're gonna tell you like you just need to go (laughs) along with it like and every five minutes it's something new where it's like oh yeah like the here Mazer Rackham this dude is like still alive and he's just this dude with like Maori tattoos and he's living inside this place and you just like go with it and oh hey by the way like he's gonna kill the kid from Hannah Montana <laughs> and just go along with it but he's fine he's gonna get promoted for it. it it's just a lot of just like they're you really they're trying to be like hey you just gotta you gotta trust the process trust the process and then you get to the end and it is you shouldn't trust the process you wasted two hours and it's it's really awful it's awful no good payoff yeah i i really agree with that um also my thoughts were the pacing of this movie i don't understand at all because it is so slow at the beginning like it <laughs> it's basically a slow burn and then once they get to like that interesting stuff at the end with like the big questions like you're saying the moralities of war they literally just committed genocide on a planet 
that's the that's the last like five minutes of the movie like it's so fast i feel like they didn't leave any time at the end to actually like you know sink in with those bigger questions it's just like oh yeah we killed everybody and then you know he's he's gonna go go out and do whatever um but also i did want to bring up this movie it really reminded me of another movie um and that's kingsman uh, the secret service uh just that training montage in kingsman where like it's only like 15 minutes in the movie i think where they're recruiting like the new spies and stuff and at the end he has like killed the dog that's basically just like the first hour and a half of this movie i would say but just drawn out for an extended period um so yeah i mean there is like you said a lot of interesting stuff in here and that's why i feel like the book would actually be decent if i read that but um this movie i think it's just got too many issues so bringing up the book um this movie started really late into the book and it also ended really early into the first book which i thought was really odd Hmm. that was very weird yeah Yeah, so it's it's not even a a clean interpretation of the first book so you're saying uh, i mean the parts that they did i thought they did fine but yeah they like the first third of the book they missed and then like probably the last (laughs) i don't don't know how much of the last like ending of the book but like i'd go into a little bit more if you wanted but like they they just skipped a bunch of stuff they cut out like a a lot of major subplots like that have to do with earth itself and Mm -hmm. like his family and like there's other Mm -hmm. stuff that's going on uh but you know specifically like with the genocide stuff it throughout the movie you get this kind of sense like he's dealing with like oh maybe they're like a sentient species and it it dips its toe into that but the, the the book is entirely like focused on his like struggle with that and the ramifications and like what it does to him when he kills this species and then like the reason that he's so like needs to go and like go out into the world and take that hive queen and like you just don't get any sense of that you're like this is really strange when it happens in the movie you're like oh the, w- whatever there, there's even a quote in the book that they cut off it's probably like the the most in- important quote of the entire series in the moment when i truly understand my enemy understand him well enough to defeat him then in that very moment i also love him i think it's impossible to really understand somebody what they want what they believe and not love them the way they love themselves and like that's a core theme of the books uh, moving on even into like sequels and, and, and a lot of things they deal with and it's just like completely absent from the movie and it's probably the, the most important part so i think they had it on the very first like after the title screen they put mm-hmm. the quote that's up true. But that's they it, do that, I think. Yeah. you're right not the whole thing though just like the beginning but yeah, yeah like when nobody else remembers it yeah <laughs> <laughs> they never touch on it again either i don't think nope. but yeah <laughs> it, it's something that like he truly thinks to himself like in that moment of he's destroyed his enemy so let's go ahead and move on to stupidest part you stupid uh austin it's it's your movie so uh what's so stupid about it uh so something i thought was pretty stupid was um at the beginning when ender was in the program and everything and they decided to take the monitor out and they came back home on earth and they were all they were all like trying to support him say oh you know it's okay not everybody obviously it's a very rigorous program not everybody makes it and then and then Harrison Ford comes down Hiram and uh wants to invite him back I guess to advance in the program and like and suddenly his entire family is like oh maybe you don't want to do that like we don't want you to go like I just thought it was very uh confusing going from when he came back on earth they were supporting him and then to change to that um and then something else I thought was stupid which I guess is kind of explaining the movie but like why is ender the only option i guess throughout it uh, which i guess could be another question for the book rather than the movie but like if they've had all this time they're not even sure that the the buggers are going to attack like why does ender have to be the one that just seemed very rushed to me on, on on that part i guess 
Yeah, definitely. It's definitely true. <laughs> go ahead, Cody, Barb. what do you got? No, I, I want to hear your – go first. All right, I got a couple. Um, if we were still doing a uh, best character like we did uh, like last season, um, his brother, Peter, would definitely be up in my, my rankings for that. Uh, he's in the movie for about five minutes, and all he does is just choke choke his little brother out. Um, so yeah, I, I really don't understand like why that's in there. Obviously, it's like for motives and stuff, but kind of weird. Um, my bigger one is the the Chitari effect. Uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the Chitari aliens from uh, 2012 Avengers, where if you take out the mothership, you know the rest of the aliens die. I feel like that's a trope used a lot in movies. Um, you know, th- this book may have invented that. I don't really know, like, where that came from. But I think in general, it's kind of stupid. Um, just if you take out the mothership, everyone else dies. Uh, and then my last one is, uh, I don't know if you guys know uh, the scene, uh, like, uh, as much as I do here. But it was the choreography fight scene with uh, Asa Butterfield and Haley Steinfeld. Um uh, I just audibly laughed the entire thing. Uh, it's a fucking joke watching it. <laughs> I don't know how it didn't cut. And then the the Pendejo idiot just came in and started punching me too. I mean, I, I <laughs> you just gotta go watch the scene if you don't know what I'm talking about. It's that it's just comical. It's supposed to be like really heartfelt, you know, like character bonding. And then you know, Pendejo kid comes in. He's supposed to be like the antagonist, I guess. But um, no, nah, that's just bad cinema if I ever seen it. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's fine. What do you guys think? <laughs> Yeah, I <laughs> sure I agree with you. Uh, there, there's a lot of bad stuff about this movie. At the end of the day, uh, I mentioned earlier, there's really no sense of time whatsoever. Uh, this, these are events that are kind of supposed to be happening over at least like a year or two, or like a couple of years, and it, it it feels like it's all within a week. Like he arrives to one place, has his one big fight, and then he's on to the next thing, and it it's it just is constantly boom, 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 boom. Um, once he moves off to battle school, secondarily. There's a line that Harrison Ford says. He goes, young kids deal with complex thoughts better than adults. What? What does that even mean? <laughs> like, sure. Like, that's the whole reason that they use kids. But it just doesn't make any sense. Like, that's false. So just bad science right there. And then the the third thing is just there's a lot of uh, obvious, like, ADR, like, uh, dialogue replacement where, like, you can it'll be like maybe the back of someone's head and then they'll go back and they'll record audio over top of the clip uh, and there's just moments where it's very clear they they re-recorded it in post and like added an extra line here or there like right before scene cuts or like maybe they're walking and it like cuts away from their mouths but there's like audio overlaid and it just sounds like it's in a different place and doesn't it doesn't mix properly and there's just a lot of that that really stood out to me in this movie um, where it's just like poor editing and, and just not a lot of effort put into it. Um, you need a good script in the moment. You need to shoot it right, or you're going to have to go back and do stuff like this, which is really uh, looks bad to me. So Yeah, sounds I bad. agree with that. I did notice that a couple times too. It's just distracting. Like it's just not necessary at all. Um, and then, yeah, oh, what, do, what were you talking about before? Oh, I was going to say this one. I don't, I don't Young kids remember. deal with complex thoughts. Yeah, dude, I never even like, I guess I just bought into that idea. Like why are there why are they making kids run the fucking military? It doesn't make any sense. I guess, you know, the real reason is that these kids, you know, don't have to face the ramifications of like killing everybody. Cause you can't <laughs> fully process that. Like if you're an adult yes. and you wipe out, wipe out an entire race and like, that's something that you like, you have to deal with. But like, if you're young enough as a kid, like maybe what? you can get past it. You can't face a war crime if you're not an adult. So 
Yeah, that's true. It's illegal technically what they're doing anyway. Like so. You can't grasp the ram like the the atro- atrocity that you just committed as like a ten year old. <laughs> I don't buy that. So you can live with yourself. That does make sense. Yeah, I mean, fair enough, I guess. But nah, it's a true fact. Uh, why don't we move on to our favorite scenes? Very gorgeous to me. Uh, I'll get it started. I, there's not a lot of like stuff I like a lot in this movie, uh, but I think the the first fight where Ender is the head of the team, he's the dragon team leader. Uh, they just his strategy. This looks like one scene where it actually shows like he's a strategic mind and he can like figure stuff out and he should be a leader. Uh, comes up with the plan to like. Sit. I think the use of like human shields is really interesting because it's like thematic of like oh sometimes you have to sacrifice people to win for the greater good um and literally in this scene they like let everybody get shot and killed uh just so the one person can pass through and win and that's essentially what they do in the final fight as well so yeah no that was gonna be uh what i was talking about as well just like the opposite uh the final battle is kind of cool i mean um it, it does bring around like the theme that you said of like that game they were playing is basically the exact same the exact same thing that happened at the end um so i do like that if i'm gonna be honest i forgot about best scene when i was doing my notes so i just had to <laughs> come up with very something very quickly uh because there's not a ton of love in this movie i think um yeah i really do like that that final battle like i was talking about the effects before i mean all the ships going out to those those bug things it's kind of cool uh all their engines and stuff blowing up and then yeah you know at the end the the decimation of the planet although you know the death star yeah <laughs> it, it's got a cool look to it it's it's not like something i'd enjoy watching most times but you know visually it's pretty nice so i'd probably stake that as my my favorite scene as well you know the thing that doesn't make a lot of sense with that like battle is like the viewpoint that they have when they're like controlling all these ships it's like they're watching like a movie on their yeah. screen of like it all yeah. happening and like the perspective changes and they can see everything from every camera angle but it's like like what technology do they have that they can <laughs> see everything from every angle and like what when it's not a simulation and it's actually like a real them like just like actually fighting millions of miles away the technology is a little confusing they just brought a camera crew they just brought a camera crew bro and they have a camera ship out there (laughs) (laughs) gotta get the big games come on they're Uh streaming that all over the place and like they're controlling all the things like zoom out zoom in yeah i don't understand and they think it's like the ships they think are drones like it makes sense they would control but there's like humans with real thoughts piloting all of those things separate from them i guess they don't have controls though because i mean well, all the kids are piloting it right yeah well no yeah. they're just directing the ships, forces honestly. but i guess why are there good... even people there I, that is true there's no reason mm-hmm. for anybody to be in those ships yeah that doesn't make any sense but like, yeah if, if they're deciding everything there's they no need point. to be like the u.s military just in unarmed then the drones uh, baby yeah. drone strikes to countries that don't deserve it it's <laughs> my tax money baby I mean, that's basically what they did in this movie, for being honest. So they put people in them. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know why they need transports filled with people, too. I, but I like how this has devolved from favorite scenes to issues we have. I don't know. Austin, <laughs> clear it up. What's your favorite uh, scene? Hey, I'll keep it positive. Uh, obviously, one of my favorite scenes like, ever in a book is when they all, is obviously given away in the trailer, but when they realize that it's not simulations, they actually just killed an entire race, pretty much. I think that whole reveal is done way better in the book. Um, but it's that's one of my favorite scenes still in the movie. Uh, another scene I really like a lot, like Cody, you talked a lot about the effects, um, but the very first fight that Mazer Rackham has with the, the aliens 
I think that was done very well because it was blue skies. It was done obviously very close to earth. And I thought that whole scene was better than actually the like end fight scene. I just thought it looked better, but I thought it was really cool. And something else I thought was actually kind of interesting was when they show the scenes of Ender playing the uh, like mind evaluation game where he, like he's the mouse or whatever. I thought cutting from like actual film to like the animated film, I guess. I thought that was kind of interesting because I've never really seen that like where it switches in between both. Um, but I enjoyed that. Yeah, good stuff. All right, now we're gonna move on to a uh, <laughs> very interesting category and in who can act. Wow. Now let me just get this started by saying this movie has a very interesting cast. Uh, wide range of actors, some of which are very well respected, have received critical and uh, awards. Critical, <laughs> critical acclaim and, and popular acclaim. <laughs> critical and popular acclaim for their performances and other things with people such as Harrison Ford, Ben Kingsley, Viola Davis, Haley Steinfeld, Asa Butterfield, Abigail Breslin, Moises Arias, and, and many others. Uh, but there's not a lot of great acting in this movie. <laughs> They've all been good in other things. We'll say that. They just took this one off. They collected yeah. their paycheck and went on. <laughs> exactly. So, who is the best actor in this movie, Cody? I got a couple picks here. You guys were uh, ragging on my boy early, so I got to come in and defend him. <laughs> I don't think Harrison Ford's terrible in this movie. You know, he's got he's got the exposition guy. He's the he's the kind of hard ass military who's just spewing facts from the mouth. You know, I didn't catch half of them because so I wasn't paying attention probably. But I mean, he's not bad. He didn't sell out completely. I don't think. Uh, and he's like kind of like his conversations with Asa Butterfield are sometimes interesting at points. Um, I think how to really tell who can act in this movie is their conversations with the butter boy. Because every time Haley Steinfeld talks to him, I want to, you know, gouge my ears out. But other people <laughs> who is my best actor, Ben Kingsley, their scenes are actually not bad. Uh, ben Kingsley, I mean, what's he doing in this movie? Honestly, who the hell knows? But <laughs> His actual dialogue with the Butter Boy, I actually thought was pretty decent. It was actually like a little bit of tension between them, which I did like. His character, you know, I won't say anything too bad about it, but uh, I think Ben Kingsley is, is probably the best actor in this movie. I'm going to have to agree with that. I thought Ben Kingsley, I have him as my number one rated, I guess, actor. Um, and I thought it was really interesting seeing the differences between the movie and the book because Mazer Rackham in the book is like this amazing person and like feeds so much into Ender during training. And that's not really done in this movie. But I thought Ben's, Ben Kingsley did an amazing job. Yeah, back it. Fair enough. Uh, my my pick for best actor is uh, and who can act is uh, Viola Davis. Uh, I don't. <clears throat> I think she she. I mean, she's been really good in in a few different things, but I think in this movie specifically, she kind of she rides that line where it's a little bit of a paycheck, but also like has some serious acting power behind it. Uh, her role isn't much; it's basically just to bitch at Harrison Ford the entire movie. Uh, but I, th- I think she does a really good job of uh, at least showing some compassion and, and heart in a movie where there is none uh, from anyone else. So she yes. seems at least to care about other people and have feelings <laughs> mm. and emotions. So that's true. How much screen time does she have? Dude, I, I swear, like halfway through the movie, she like disappears. Yeah, yeah. there's like, oh, don't quit. <laughs> like when, <laughs> when, when, when was she going to quit? But yeah. I, I Viola Davis is good as well. I just forgot she's in the movie, if I'm being honest. <laughs> I thought the, the guy that played Dab did a good job as well. Like, kind of like the drill instructor guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> he's mean, decent. I I mean, don't know it's it's kind of hard to mess up that role, but... 
He salutes pretty well. I'm not gonna lie. That's true. That's true. Not so anazi. <laughs> that's what we're looking for. I'm definitely gonna replace that guy and recast. Not gonna lie, but wow, he's not dude. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, let's move on. Who can't act? Uh, honestly, we've said it before. I think everybody in this movie uh, could have done better. <laughs> uh, personally, I think uh, Mr. Butterboy, I think, was the worst in this movie. Uh, I mean, obviously, he has the most screen time. He has the most lines to deliver. Um, I think, kind of what you're talking about with uh, Viola, I mean, could have put a little bit more heart in the lines when he was doing, like, I felt like a lot of times he's kind of like looked dead when he was looking like into the screen, which concerned me slightly. Because uh, like, I mean, he's done good in the past in other movies, but uh, I thought he could have done a way better job with pretty much anything that he did. I agree. <laughs> I don't think he's bad bad in this movie. He's pretty young, I feel like. That's true. And I think he's he's a, he's a little bit uh, robotic at times. He's trying to. He's just trying too hard, I think, at times as well. I think he actually cared though. So. I, I spread it off him. I went after a couple more, you know, of these goons. Uh, like like Austin was saying, I mean, you can pretty much name anybody here and nobody's going to argue with you. Um, but I already talked about Haley Steinfeld, so I'll just go on a little rant about her first. Um, I mean, she's terrible. This is pretty early on in her career. Like, she's gone on to do some, some pretty good things. I do think she's a decent actress. Um, but this era of her career where she's doing this and, like, the Pitch Perfect movies, I don't know if you guys have seen those, but she's very very bad in those as well um the thing is as well with this like ya genre you always gotta throw in some like element of romance for no fucking reason and her and the butter boy have just no chemistry whatsoever um but yeah to go off for a little bit i do want to talk about somebody else as well evidently he was in hannah montana i didn't even know that i just know him as you know the pendejo guy the salamander <laughs> commander he, i mean he's just over the top and i feel like he's supposed to be like the main antagonistic guy that you know Butterboy has to deal with um and he's just not intimidating at all uh just falls completely flat in my opinion his performance and also he keeps saying pendejo so <laughs> all around uh not good from the cast but those were the two that really stood out for me yeah not a great not a great start Moises Aries bro <laughs> <laughs> i never watched hannah montana but I, how do you not know he's from, from hannah montana <laughs> i mean i don't know it's like I the one it's I've like the main thing he's been in he's in something else too but i, I can't remember what it is i don't watch uh, disney channel I'll, I'll talk about some people that i've already been talked about in other categories in this one. First one harrison ford i do not <laughs> think he's good in this movie uh definitely a paycheck film although to be fair i think just about everything Harrison Ford does is a paycheck film, especially in uh, recent years, uh, him coming back to Star Wars. You just watch him in interviews, ask that dude anything about Star Wars. He doesn't actually give a shit. Like, same thing with Inner's Game. He probably barely remembers he was even in this movie. So I don't think you can really say it's a great acting performance when he showed up, read some lines, uh, and was just Harrison Ford for, you know, however many, you know, 60 minutes of screen time or, wh- or whatever he's got in this film. So... Good for him, though. He's old as hell. He's filming Indiana Jones 5 and is probably going to die trying to finish it. So, <laughs> Why do they keep making those, honestly? But, I don't know, yeah. but Mads Mikkelsen's the villain, so I'm actually all for it. <laughs> Mads Mikkelsen, <laughs> overrated. <laughs> no, sir. Finally, uh, I'm going to ace a Butterfield, uh, secondarily, for my second person here. Not the Butterboy. Not the Butterboy himself. Listen, 
Uh, one of my favorite TV shows that I will recommend later on is Sex Education. Asa Butterfield is the lead in that movie. I think he can be a really great actor. I just think this role is terrible for him. And I think there was a little period of Hollywood, uh, three, four years, where Asa Butterfield was getting cast left and right. Uh, he was the hot up-and-coming actor. He was, you know, the young guy. If you wanted a child star, you could get him. He was in Boy in the Stripe Pajamas. He played, he was in the Martin Scorsese-directed Hugo, which is also a book I love uh, and just a weird Same. movie. Uh, but Asa Butterfield was all over the place. Uh, they tried to put him in the big sci-fi, you know, hopeful tentpole blockbuster. And it didn't work out for a lot of reasons, but him being the center of it, specifically in this role, I think is, is one of the main reasons. Uh, anytime he tries to play tough in this, it's just bad. It, it's unbelievable. And he's not scary. He's not, he just, he doesn't, he's so meek uh, is how I would describe him. And, and him being able to play that nerdy, but also funny and with his moments of confidence uh, in sex education and in some other more recent roles, I think he's found his lane a little bit more. Um, and moving on, we'll talk about him potentially getting cast in something else, and and we'll talk about uh, talk about that. So, uh, if everyone is good with those uh, who can't act, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we'll be right back. And we're back with the recast. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. Uh, I have a couple things I want to change here, so maybe we can go around the room. Uh, Cody, you want to get started? Absolutely, I would. Yeah, uh, I mentioned earlier, so I'll just get to it right away. Uh, Sergeant Dapp, who is very good at saluting, he's he's probably a fine actor. I just don't know anything about him. Top five saluter of all time. Oh, he's in that category usually. But um, he's yeah, probably top three. <laughs> uh, you're pushing it there. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> when I first when he was first introduced, you get the shot from behind, and he's wearing a little beret. And I said, "Oh shit, Idris Elba's in this movie," and they they pan around, and it's not Idris Elba. Whatever I say it, but um. Yeah, I think Idris Elba would be sick in that role, honestly. He's got the beret. I feel like he wears that shit all the time. He did in the, the Suicide Squad, I think. Also, maybe uh, Pacific Rim, he wore that like similar hat. He's just kind of a badass, too. I would be intimidated as hell at if I was at one of these camps. Um, yeah, give me Idris Elba. Why not? Never say no to Idris. To be honest, you pronounced it twice, and I don't think either of them are right. But uh, <laughs> two different ways. And, and Idris Elba. That's correct, right? I think it's Idris Elba. Uh, bullshit i said idris the first time i think you said idris <laughs> <laughs> well it's not that i i knew that i said it wrong the first time I, I'm let's move on idris. yeah you're putting, him, you're putting idris in awesome give me a recast <laughs> hey i got you um i'll start with uh ender actually i'll just go for the big boy uh i think butterboy should have been replaced by a young uh, macaulay colkin a uh, good old home alone <laughs> Uh, I think it'd be interesting because obviously that, that boy's a genius in Home Alone, how he fends off all the thieves and everything. So he's got to have a big brain. Ender's supposed to have a big brain. So I just think uh, it goes hand in hand, you know, it'd be a good replacement. And uh, also, I guess I don't want to go too far into this, but these kids are supposed to be 10 years old. And uh, I feel like some of the the uh, actors and actresses they pick for this uh, don't, don't really fit that because they're way older. Um, so I think... I'm not really sure how old he was when Home Alone was filmed, but I think if you get a 10-year-old uh, Colkin, it might be a good fit. It doesn't right. matter when he, when he made Home Alone. Just get a 10-year-old McCulkin. That's perfect. <laughs> so people can picture it. Aza Betterfield was 16 uh, yeah, at the yeah. time of this. Yeah, he looks pretty young, though. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. I think at the end, if uh, Macaulay Colt was in it, he just set a bunch of traps for the – for the ants, exactly. for the whatever things, the ants, and they all just you know come down the stairs, get mm -hmm. hit the head with like a paint can or something. So, 
Home Alone yeah, was or uh, Macaulay Culkin was ten years old in Home Alone. So. See? Oh wow! All right, that's good research there. Respect the research, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I like it. Uh, I'm more of a Kieran Culkin fan, but we'll, we'll take Macaulay too. Who? His brother, Kieran Culkin. <laughs> What's he in? Yeah, I don't know who that is. Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. No, nah, that's a fake man. You're lying to us. He's he's in he's in <laughs> movies. He's a guy. You didn't you didn't do your research. You also did. I right. up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he's in Home Alone too. <laughs> All right, let's let's hear your reason, guys. He's in no sudden move. Uh, yeah. My first pick. Uh, first of all, they do this thing with Ben Kingsley where anytime it's kind of like a racially ambiguous or like like a not white role that they still kind of want to give to like a kind of white guy they give it to ben kingsley obviously ben kingsley is half indian but they always give him like he's playing a role of a native new zealander like a maori person this uh, which is just weird like they do that all the time where it's just like racially ambiguous like give it to ben, ben kingsley uh, so I'm going to give it to a guy who's actually from New Zealand and is actually uh, Maori, and that's Taika Waititi. I want to take on to the, mo- the role of Mazer Rackham. Now, this seems strange. Taika Waititi, I've not enjoyed him in some films where he does some acting. Uh, he's obviously a very funny guy, uh, plays things a little bit more, you know, not, not a hard-ass general, but this is going to be his breakout role. When we're recasting this movie, we're remaking it, we're changing everything, and we're bringing Taika Waititi in, and he's going for his goddamn Oscar. This movie's going to become Dune. It is the next sci-fi event. Star Wars, move over. Here comes Ender's Game. Remake. Taika Waititi is my Mazer Rackham. Should I go on? Respect. No, please uh, I think, stop. I <laughs> Actually, he's really good in uh, the Suicide Squad, which I know you hated him in. But I um, do hate him in that movie. But... Yeah, I actually really liked him in that movie. So yeah, give him a chance at some series. Why not? Yeah. So if, uh, if I can just carry off of your Dune comment there, I think uh, one of the other replacements I thought would be interesting is uh, replacing Harrison Ford with Oscar Isaac, who uh, I can't remember the name, but plays the father in Dune. Um, yes, sir. Of Paul, and I, I think I really liked Oscar Isaac in Dune. Um, I think it'd be really cool to see him in this role. Um, I know. Hiram is supposed to be like a really gruff kind of older man. And uh, I think he could probably play the role pretty well. Somebody else I had kind of penciled in for, for Hiram was Hugo Weaving. Um, mm. I know some of his roles recently has been like, I know he kind of like has a mask on and stuff. So it'd be kind of hard to picture him in it. Uh, but I think I could see him getting like really into the role as well. Yeah. I like that pick. I don't know if he's still working, honestly, but uh, a lot of classic villains Hugo Weaving's done. So he can definitely do that kind of role. <laughs> um, but yeah, my other recast. I'm going after the director. I already shit talked a little bit <laughs> this episode. Uh, Gavin Hood. I, I don't think he's still making movies. He shouldn't be making movies if he is. Um, but yeah, he directed and wrote the screenplay, by the way, as well. So he, he's got a big hand in this movie. I, I didn't really know who to pick. Uh, I threw out a couple names here. Josh Trank, J.J. Abrams, I think, would actually be a decent pick. Um, and then obviously, like, Denis Villeneuve, but he's, he's probably not going to direct it. Um, but Denis, I feel like, make, make the best film. But I'd give Trank or Abrams a chance, you know, again at this, uh, if they did want to redo it, because I think it is probably decent source material. Um, and, yeah, I feel like that's just a decent sci-fi director. I feel like there's not a lot of those, honestly, um, who have a reputation of that. And, uh, you know, JJ's my boy, so I'll back him. Force Awakens, underrated. Star Trek 09, classic, also. <laughs> Throw that out there. Go watch Star Trek 09. You can't finish that movie. You can only start things. So that, well, that's exactly. Big problem. This is the first movie in the franchise, so he's perfect for it. All right. Uh, 
I'm also going to replace the director and mm-hmm. with someone who I think is a great sci-fi director uh, and great director overall. Cody's a big fan. Ryan Johnson. Let me oh, get <laughs> Ryan Johnson is taking over Ender's game. Star Wars fans, they were pissed off. They ran him off. They weren't going to let him have his trilogy. That's it. He gets Ender's game. We're back, baby. Again, move over, Star Wars. Ender's game is the next few thing. Ryan Johnson can handle a twist. He's my pick. Direct this movie. Write it. It's true. I actually like that. He's another sci-fi guy. I didn't mm-hmm. think about him at all. But, uh, yeah, obviously, Last Jedi was an interesting movie. Won't go into it too much. But it, all of his, like, solo stuff, like, one-offs are very, very good. So, fuck it, dude. Give it to Ryan Johnson. Honestly, I'd pick anybody over the guy that did direct it. Oh, yeah. You could have named anybody, and I wouldn't have been too mad about it. I would have let Cody do it. Fuck it, dude. Why not? <laughs> do either of you have more recasts? No. <laughs> Yeah, not really. Okay. Uh, my, my last one is to replace Harrison Ford. I'm going to replace him with George Clooney. So mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Clooney would be more, be more committed to the role than, uh, than Harrison Ford. Yeah. Clooney is a, is a real serious character actor. You should stop disrespecting George <laughs> like that. <laughs> Sorry, George. I've seen that man. He's like, he's in like military stuff where he plays like the, the, like the commander or like the head. I think he can have a little bit more. Uh, passion but also be the gruff like hard ass a little bit so he can you know you see him the way he led that oceans 11 team it's just like that you know get a little maybe a little weird love interest with viola davis is like his motivation secondary (laughs) on the second half yeah i I love it Uh, i i I say fuck it let's just throw in tommy lee jones dude will smith (laughs) yeah set it on earth and then there's like a guy who crash lands and eats a farmer after it's not not on earth yeah Mm. Oh, I was thinking MIB, but fair enough. No, I want Jaden in this. <laughs> I they I should make a Men in Black beat. 4 with Jaden Smith. I'd watch that. Awesome. I would be into it. Willow and Jaden together, they're the new duo. They just make the soundtrack. I mean, well, they could. Yeah, it could be gold. a musical, too. Oh, uh, that's pushing. Live action? Hey, man. Musicals are back in. It's 2021. Mm-hmm. Ever since Hamilton. All right, let's move on to Welcome to the Academy. This, there's a mistake. Moonlight, you guys won Best Picture. Austin, what awards are you giving this film? So I had one that I kind of like, but I think I'm going to start off with another one. And uh, I'm going to give this the Academy Award for Most Voice Cracks by a 16-year-old lead actor in a movie. <laughs> uh, I, I, don't, I probably count it on both hands, and I probably need Corbin's set of hands as well to count the voice cracks. Uh, but you can use that- my hands. Oh, I appreciate that. We should have done it when we watched it. But uh, I just think it's kind of weird that a 16-year-old kid is getting – I mean, I guess it's not really weird, but it's annoying to me. Uh, cut him out. Where's yeah. some editing? Oh, yeah. It's, it's, the make team just cut it. Yeah. If you really want the voice cracks in there, let's have it every sentence. Edit one in every time. That's probably why they had some of that ADR, maybe. you know, Too many voice cracks. <laughs> they had to go back over top. <laughs> they had to go up to Butterboy say, act your age, man. <laughs> I like given it. the given the butter boy grief for going through puberty that stuff <laughs> but, uh, yeah my first oscar i think this movie's got the worst uh character names of all time uh, i'll run through a couple of them here obviously you got ender you got bonzo you got dap bean valentine petra and then a good old bernard um you know i i like weird names not their names but i legit don't think i would consider any of these the same my kid and that's saying a lot because I, I'd name my kid basically anything. Uh, like yeah, may, maybe Bean actually. 
bean for a million. That's not bad, but I think it's got to be <laughs> not worth a bean on the dude. <laughs> she made beans. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's got to be nominated for worst movie names. It's definitely it's up there. Interesting that they have bad names when the author's name is Orson Scott Card. Yeah. In my opinion, that's a pretty cool name, but now they got people like that. <laughs> that is kind of a badass name. Anything Orson, I think. I should name my kid Orson. See, I do that. Orson Wells. It's a good name, yeah. But yeah, he didn't He didn't translate it to the to the screen very well, I guess. But hey, bro. Ender Wigan. Andrew Ender Wigan. That's a good name. <laughs> Andrew Wigan. <laughs> <laughs> Greatest Warriors player of all time. Maybe his parents were really big <laughs> Ender's Game fan. Did you ever think of that? Hmm. I, I did now. Give me your ass, Uh We're sci-fi movie. I just think this movie is awful. Uh, yeah. You know, it's it's no Star Trek or anything. It's not that bad, but it's not in the darkness. Yeah, it's 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 not a great, not a great, especially for like a hundred million dollar plus budget. Uh, you know, we live in the land of IP, so it makes sense that they tried to make it. Uh, there's been a lot of failures of book or comic book or anything adaptations this is just one of many uh so probably not the worst of all time but definitely in you know 2013 give it give it the worst one especially with harrison ford my god all right (laughs) that's all i have i do have another one i'll bounce back to me um sort of also just talking about sci-fi i think this is probably the best planet genocide i've ever seen um (laughs) definitely the writing (laughs) I'd say it's this or, or Alderaan with, you know, New Hope. I feel like those are the two obvious ones. Can't really think of, you know, a ton of ton of people are going to, you know, combat that. But uh, it's, it's kind of a cool genocide, you know. That doesn't, that doesn't feel right saying, but <laughs> that is my Astro category. They destroyed them down to the molecules, dude. With that big old cannon. Yeah, that thing is tough. Mm-hmm. I'd not um, fuck with that thing. <laughs> so I had one other one. Uh, I would continue to shit on this movie. Um, I was thinking that uh, it could probably get the award for the most fumbled bag. I mean, the marketing, as I said at the very beginning, the marketing for this movie was freaking god awful. And uh, if they, if they, I think actually had a more direct of who their target audience was, and actually made a better trailer that didn't reveal the big old twist, I think it would have done way better, box office wise. That is honestly true. I feel like this was a big opportunity to get like a new franchise off the ground. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like, it's sort of like the Hunger Games YA stuff where if you get a hit, you're going to make like billions and billions of dollars. Um, so, yeah, I, I didn't even think about it, honestly. The budget, I mean, they went all out. Uh, you know, it, it obviously didn't work. But, uh, yeah, I mean, dude, if they were to remake this, I, I'd, go, I'd probably go see it. Cause it it's like an interesting concept. But, yeah, sure. definitely, fumbled, definitely fumbled the bag. <laughs> R.I.P. Hey, man. Never like it when we when we lose some money. We don't like that out here, man. Let let movies make money, produce stories. What studio even made this? I don't even know. Sony. <laughs> Hell, if I, know. Hell if I know. I bet they're not around anymore. But uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to weird movie detail trivia. Naked grandma. Naked huh? I got th- uh, I got two questions. You go first, then I got yeah. one. All right. This is uh, for both of you, but I want Cody to answer first, and then we'll let uh, Austin answer because it's kind of related to the books. So. Oh, great. To date, there are 18 publications in the Ender Game series, five novels and one novella in the Ender series, four novels and one novella in the Shadow Saga, 
five novels in the Formic War series, one novel in the in the Fleet School series, and one collection of short stories. <laughs> Basically, there's 18 <laughs> total things, and they're broken up into like these individual series as well. Which mm-hmm. of these titles is not one of those 18? Okay. This is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Just take a guess, you know, based on the title. Oh, so the first one is obviously called Ender's Game. Mm-hmm. Here's some other options. You tell me which one is not. Speaker for the Dead, Goblet of the Giant, Children of the Mind, Shadows in Flight, First Meetings. So all of these are titles except for one. Yes. Ooh, that is tough. <laughs> what was the giant one? What was the giant one in the last one? Goblet of the Giant and the last one was First Meetings. I feel like Goblet of the Giant is so out there that it is a title. First meetings is too basic. I don't know. I feel like it might be the first one too, just because you're trying to throw me off. Speaker for the uh, dead. No, nah, I'm gonna go with the no. Nah, <laughs> I'm gonna go with the last one. First meetings. meetings. All right. Yeah. Lock that in, Austin. What do you think is what do you what's your answer? You know, I uh, think I'm gonna lock in with Cody here. Um, actually, hang on, hang on. What was the which one of these was... do you know? Which one of these have you read? Speaker for the Dead, I've read and is good, so it's definitely not that one. Goblet well, of the Giant, Children Goblet of the, of the Mind, Giant, Shadows and Flight, First Meetings. Okay, I know Shadows and Flight is one, I know Speaker for the Dead is one, and I know that uh, shit. one more time, one more time, go through them. Goblet Children of the Giant, of the Children of the Mind, surreal. Shadows and Flight, First That's Meetings. One. Oh, God, I'll, I'll go for uh, the same one as Cody. It is Goblet of the Giant. Yeah. The title damn. I made up. You fucking. Uh, it, there's yeah. some wacky names. The, that was too the, bait. That was too bait. The Formic <laughs> Wars series, I think that's where first meetings come from, and their titles are a little, a little bit different. Uh, but a lot of them are very similar to like Ender's Game, Speak of the Dead, Children of the Mind, Shadows and Flight. So I, I, I got that Goblet of the Giant in there. All right, uh, Cody, you want to ask your question? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yes, my uh, movie trivia question today centers around um, Oscar nominations or Emmy nominations. Oh. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to give you three actors in this movie, and you're going to tell me who has the most Oscar slash Emmy nominations. Um, so, yeah. Who what has Golden the most? Globes? No, because I didn't look it up. <laughs> uh, we've got the Butter Boy himself, Asa Butterfield. We've got Harry Ford, Mr. Han Solo. Or uh, his sister, Abigail Breslin, who's in the movie for 10 minutes. Which of those three has the most Emmy slash Oscar nominations? I want to hear Austin first. <laughs> well, I think Harrison Ford is bait. Because <laughs> uh, he's like 90? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think, I think Butterboy, he was such the like hot commodity up and coming. I feel like he got a lot of stuff. Um. I'd never heard of the girl before, even though like she looks familiar. But um, I'm gonna go with most. I'll go with Butterboy to go. Uh, yeah, we got we got awesome with Butterboy, Corbin. What you thinking? So I, I was almost writing a similar question to this, but mine was gonna be mm-hmm. like Oscar nominees. So I know Harrison Ford has been nominated for one Oscar, and that is all on his. That's <laughs> all he's got in terms of Oscars. In terms mm-hmm. of Emmys, Emmys is for television. I don't oh, yeah, think I, Harrison. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I don't think Harrison Ford has a lot of Emmys. So mm-hmm. with one Oscar and uh, I, I can't, I can't imagine Harrison Ford has that many nominations. So 
Harrison Ford's out. Uh, if you had said Viola Davis or Ben Kingsley, though, those are two well-decorated uh, actors and actresses, uh, both with Emmys and uh, Oscar nominations and Oscar wins for both of them. Now, Abigail Breslin uh, is the younger sister to Emma Stone in Zombieland. Mm-hmm. Of course. And I think that's the only thing I've seen her in. <laughs> <laughs> really? Uh, but she's probably in something else. Yeah. But... I got to go Butterboy here. He's been in so much. I feel like he definitely <laughs> has to have an Emmy nomination for Sex Education, or at least the show was nominated. Maybe not him. I'm going to go Ace of Butterfield, most nominations. Going Ace of Butterfield. So you guys are both going Butterboy. It's probably uh, Abigail Breslin. But yeah, <laughs> it was kind of a trick question, uh, but I, I believe you're both wrong. I don't think Butterboy has any nominations at all. I Fair. just double-checked the look, and uh, I believe that's correct. But um, yeah, Harrison Ford has won. You're correct for Best Actor in Witness, 1986. 1986 yeah, <laughs> Abigail Breslin. I'm surprised you know this, Carbon. Also has won for Best Supporting Actress, Little Miss Sunshine, 07, which was people like, love that more... movie. Like yeah, people watching, but I have never seen it. So, oh, that's right. I forgot that. Yeah, but I mean, I think that's just so memorable because she's so young in that movie and she was nominated. Um, yeah, they both have won Oscar nom. So. You guys both got it wrong. You could have picked, you had a two out of three choice there to get it right. <laughs> you both picked Butterboy. But uh, yeah, that's my uh, trivia question this week. Wait, so she has more than one Oscar nominee though? Or like one more than one nomination? No, they both have one. Yeah. Oh, so it's a, it was a tie. It was a trick question. Yeah. <laughs> and we both voted for the one person. <laughs> uh, Haley Steinfeld also won Oscar nomination, right? And and no sure. Emmys. So what there you go. Nominated for? True Grit. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's that's right. I would have put her down if I remember that. But yeah, not nah, true grit. That's Jake's movie. That it's all right. <laughs> he does love that movie. All right. Moving on. Austin, what's your question? Did uh, you come up with okay. one yet? <laughs> yeah, I kind of grasping at straws here. I have options if you guys need it. How much money do you think this movie made? Ooh. I'll go ahead and say the budget was 110 million. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I knew it was around there. Uh, how much money did this make? Okay, twenty. Try to free ball it, and then it'll give us options after. Domestically okay. or internationally? Uh, I pulled numbers, and I can't tell you which one it was. So I'll okay. just say yes. It's probably just domestic. Probably domestically. They wouldn't mm. show this movie in China. That's for sure. <laughs> um, they have I better taste that. in China. I hope not for China's. Yeah, yeah, for their sake. I'm thinking like. Mm, I'm thinking like 40, 45, somewhere in there. Like that's a bomb. Maybe it didn't bomb that much. I don't know who would go and watch this movie. It is YA, so maybe it's I was higher. excited to see this. I read this this book because I knew they were making this movie in 2013. I was really excited. All right, maybe I'm going to say like 80 then. I'm going to say double that. <laughs> is this Price is Right rules closest without going over? Hey, we'll play it that way. Sure, sure. I'll say- bet $1. <laughs> if you're betting 80 million. Okay, I'll go 75. No, no shot this way. Because it definitely didn't go over 100, obviously. No, no. I'd be surprised, at least. I don't think it went. Okay, you're saying 75. I'm going to go. I'll, okay, yeah. Actually, I'll say go... 69. I'll say $52 million. Okay, so uh, <laughs> subtracting the budget from how much is money made, you're, you guys need to be under $25 million. Wait, so what? This okay, is like I how got much you. money it made or like? What did it just make straight to the box? Uh, box office used. What, what was your answer, Corbin, for box office? Fifty-two million. Okay, box office. This this movie did make over a hundred million. Oh wow! 
It, it made 125 million, but that's only f- like 15 million profit. Right, right, yeah. And I mean, and when with marketing, when yeah, yeah, it, they, yeah they, they definitely lost a lot of money. If they did better marketing, they'd probably come out like zero. But they they make other money off the fact. Well, yeah, okay. I mean, you have to like uh, double your budget basically to just break even. But yeah. Jesus, that's, over 100, that's, this made over 100, 100 mil. Like, that's a different that, time in movie making. I can tell you that. that in they would not make it 100 million today. I don't well, think. No, like, this year it'd probably make like 10 million, if that. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yeah, but that's year, also but, the state of things. I right will now. say, I didn't see this movie in theaters. I'm pretty sure I illegally streamed this movie when I first watched it. Wow. Just <laughs> as a big of a fan as I was. Copyright law. <laughs> one, one, two, three movies. Hey, rest in peace. I haven't used that in forever. <laughs> that was a classic middle school, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, my final question here. Uh, I think Cody probably knows this, so we'll again let Austin at answer first, and then Cody can give his. Although Austin may know as well. We'll see. What live action adaptation of a superhero was Asa Butterfield almost cast as? I was going to mention this earlier. Dick Grayson on the Titans TV show, the X Men universe of Quicksilver. The MCU Spider-Man or the DCEU version of The Flash? Man, I have absolutely no clue. <laughs> was a leader in, in this casting for a while. Hmm. And then I don't they think obviously went with someone else. I don't think it's Quicksilver. And so at this point, would Spider-Man have been like what Tom Holland was cast as? That, that casting? Yeah, yeah, MCU Spider-Man. <sighs> no, I'm in between Spider-Man and Flash. I think Flash, they have like a slightly older guy. Spider-Man's supposed to be kind of a younger role. So I'm going to go with MCU Spider-Man. Yeah, and to not spoil that, that's definitely correct. Yeah, yeah. no, the Butter Boy was the leading the leading uh, person they were looking at for a long, long time, I think. Huh. Um, but yeah, I was going to say that earlier, which is funny. But uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll also uh, answer MCU Spider-Man. That is correct, MCU Spider-Man. I struggled a little bit to come up with choices that would be good but mm-hmm. believable yeah there's, there's not a ton of like teenage young boy superhero yeah. yeah exactly especially with like the timing and his age and yeah but you're 100 right tom holland him similar age the flash would he'd probably be too young for that mm-hmm. um yeah if maybe if he looked a little bit older not as a 10 year old when he's 16 years old <laughs> true he does not really look 24 now <laughs> no uh let's move on to pitch time Cody, who's dying? What's the sequel? Let's hear it. Um, I'm actually not going for a sequel. I'm going for a prequel. Mixing it up this week yeah. so everybody gets to stay alive for a while, uh, but not for too long. Uh, but yeah, my pitch is uh, it's called Peter's Game. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it's just the story of his, his psycho brother. I want to see his rise. I want to see his fall. I want to see him be, you know, this highly touted prospect that, you know, they're grooming to be whatever Ender is now. Um, and then just go psycho crazy and, and murder everybody, everybody possible in the movie. So okay. I, yeah, it's this is a completely different movie. This is not age. This is not um, whatever made for kids. Uh, I want like an American Psycho sort of vibe. And you know, like I said, Peter's one of my favorite characters, and he's in it for like ten <laughs> seconds. So give me all the screen time room possible. Just you know, murdering bugs, murdering humans, pretty much anything alive. He just wants to go after it. So I'm down <laughs> you- for that. Who do, would you uh, want to see play Peter in that? You have any idea? Uh, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. Whoever played him in this is fine, I guess. But the it, kid it has from been... Jojo Rabbit. 
maybe now i want somebody like a little bit older um but yeah obviously they gotta be like 10 years old yeah but i mean we can change the material jacob tremblay no that could suck ben wolfhard uh (laughs) give me macaulay culkin yeah (laughs) stranger things no macaulay culkin can go dark Okay. Macaulay Karkin has to play Ender, and we can put Kieran Culkin. <laughs> Who's Macaulay Karkin? Continue with your saying. Oh, that's it. That, that's my pitch, boys. Peter's game. Uh, it'd be top of the box office week one, but after that, we'll probably Definitely. not. <laughs> to your pitch, Austin. You know, this is a – I'll go with an easy one to begin with. I really want to see a movie done on the second book, uh, Speaker for the Dead. I believe that's really the only other book where Ender is like a primary character because uh, the rest is like different stuff. Um, I don't want to spoil anything, but I think the book is really, really well done. Uh, now that they see how poorly Ender's game did, I think they could change some things and actually make that movie way better. Um, so it'd be really interesting to see that because you, you just see the other side of Ender and plus he's older, like I think 30 plus maybe around in that range. Um, something else I think would be really interesting is we mentioned it before, but Ender's Game, the book, has a lot of subplots. Uh, like, there's a whole different story about what's happening on Earth while he's up in space. But I think uh, maybe a show or another movie that's that uh, probably a show that's doing like weekly episodes where they could do discuss the different subplots of the book, I would say, would be pretty interesting. Yeah, I, I'd probably watch that too. I think that's one of the main things when you're trying to adapt a book. I'd say most times do a show. Because the book, like, there's just so much detail that always gets left out. Uh, unless you got, like, a super tight script or something. But I think TV is much easier to adapt. like, good books. They could have made the movie a two-parter and maybe done a better job. But I don't want to sit through two two-hour-long Ender's Game movies. Go Hunger Games, baby. Exactly. Stretch it out. <laughs> uh, for me, you know, moving on, talking about the sequel that he, he just talked about. Basically, they jump 3,000 years in the future. Uh, but Ender is, is only a little bit older because of, you know, some interstellar type time dilation bullshit that happened. Yeah. Uh, but I just, I want to, I want to see the journey from the end of this book to like where he ends up when it gets to the speaker of the dead, which is the next book in the series. Uh, so just like him traveling, maybe even go away from the intended direction of the next book. So just like create your own story where does Ender end up after this? He's got to start this new species. He's got to learn from him. We don't have to follow the continuity of the written uh, work of Orson Scott Card. We can create our own story with Ender going out into uh, the cosmos to revitalize and recolonize the species. Beyond that, I don't have any big story beats, but I, I think there's something interesting there. And that, that's all I got for my pitch. Well, that is interesting. I didn't think about what happens in between the end of Ender's game and the beginning of Speaker for the Dead. So I think that'd be pretty cool. Is Butterboy back or no? uh yeah bring him back bring <laughs> uh, bring asa back he's gonna i think him post genocide is probably a better role for asa butterfield than him yeah. pre-genocide so okay i agree with that too god we can yeah. use that as a benchmark <laughs> <laughs> the genocide benchmark. you know they call it in in these books it's actually xenocide because they uh, kill an entire it's not uh oh, people it's I, not I like humans that. it's it's, it's aliens it's actually ends oh. up being one of the titles of another book is called xenocide but <laughs> i like that a lot <laughs> you just got xenocided bro <laughs> moving on to the rating of this movie you're gonna look at me and you're gonna tell me that i'm wrong am i wrong my favorite... uh, mine is pretty low we'll give it first to the guy the guest the man who enjoys 
the original book. What are you rating this film out of 69? No. Austin, take it away. First off, I just want to say 69. Nice. Beautiful number. Um, Thank you. First guest to appreciate that. Hey, <laughs> good I do system. what I can. Definitely not um, faulty. This movie only got points to me because of the book. Uh, I'm giving it a nice 21. <laughs> oh my uh, God. I mean, like... I didn't find myself like not wanting to watch it while I was watching the movie. I just, because I love the book so much, I think it could have been done way better and like had so much more in it. Uh, that's why my rating's so low. The um, second lowest score ever given to a film hey, on this podcast. That is very low. Was, Only Chicken Little is under, is underneath this movie. <laughs> the sky's falling. But yeah, I just feel like there could have been so much done to make this better. Uh, screenplay, casting, just pretty much anything. Um, just completely revamp the movie yeah i mean exactly maybe i'd be interested in that but i think i'm pretty comfortable with what i rated it no i think it's good cody what do you got yeah no i'm gonna pretty much double that up uh somehow i I don't know how that happened but i'm looking at a 44 out of 69 here uh for me that's no by no means a a good score on the show um our last episode i I believe the amazing spider-man 2 i i gave it like a 47 (laughs) And I was comparing that. It's was the like, same as the original Spider-Man. Okay. That's probably fair. It's a movie I wouldn't want to watch again. That's that's where this falls for me. I think the Amazing, amazing Spider-Man 2 is that cutoff where, you know, if I'm feeling it one day, maybe I'll go check it out again. But everything below that, I mean, at 44, uh, I'm not going to watch this movie again. But, uh, yeah, the visuals are, are decent. You know, it's got a fun cast. Obviously, they're all terrible. The kid actors are fun to watch sometimes got interesting stuff here and there the, the twist at the end i thought if they delved into it at all maybe it would have hit home but uh yeah not 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 terrible terrible but certainly by no means good but uh yeah 44 what are you thinking corman do you think this movie's better than holes uh i mean by my rating evidently <laughs> <laughs> it's close it's got you know terrible terrible acting from the kids holes Dude, has John good co- kids actors yeah, well, John Voight is basically just the epitome of everything I hate in cinema. I can so. fix that. All right, yeah. uh, I'm going to give this movie a 31 out of 69, which is uh, not my lowest score, but pretty close to my lowest. Uh, I, I do not enjoy this movie very much. Uh, has Like said, interesting premise, done in a really poor, joyless, heartless, uninteresting way. So be better. Fair enough. Maybe my rating's yeah. too high, dude. Jesus Christ. And I kind of feel <laughs> yeah. bad giving it a 21 now. I don't know how you think this movie... Should uh, I bump it down a little bit? I don't know how you think this movie is better than Holes, but I'm not... All right, I'll go, I'll go 39 out of 69. I'll change it. Yeah. I didn't so put we, too we much... Thought, better right? than The Last Jedi, then? Yeah, it's still better than The Last Jedi. Oh I've never watched that fucking piece of shit. I'd watch this awful. movie over over Last Jedi a, a million times. So yeah, I'll, I'll go 39 out of 69 to, to bring the rating down a little bit for all, all right. three of us. 39. All right, so that was our discussion on Ender's Game. Now we're going to you know, talk about what we've been into, what we've been watching, and if we have any recommendations for the viewers. Austin, you're the guest. What do you recommend? What have you been into? Uh, so I mean, we just had Thanksgiving break, had some time with the fam, watched some movies. Uh, the other night we watched Red Notice. That has uh, Gal Gadot, Ryan Reynolds, you know, The Rock. I thought it was actually a pretty good movie. It had a couple twists and stuff. Won't go into it, but I definitely recommend it. It's a good watch. Uh, especially if you're into any of those actors because ryan reynolds acts very uh deadpoolish if that's something that you guys are interested in um something else i've been watching i i've been enjoying anime recently i'm watching one piece um you know animated pirate crew probably can't get much better than that um 
but I'd also recommend that. Only if you have a lot of free time, though, because right now, I think last week, episode 1000 just came out, so if you have time to commit into something, One Piece is the way to go. <laughs> it's a big commitment. Though. Yeah. How long are those episodes? Uh, they're probably about 18 minutes. Okay. Still, though. Yeah. Not that long. 18,000 minutes. <laughs> it, 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 yeah. I can't remember how long it takes if you just sat down and only watched it, how long it would take. But That's why TV shows aren't for me. That's why I stick to movies. Cody, you finally go see anything? You finally see Dune? What do you got? Any, <laughs> I've any not thoughts? seen Dune yet, sadly. Um, not going to lie, this week I uh, haven't watched a lot, but I do have a couple wrecks. Uh, no movies, though. So sorry, Gordon. <laughs> But uh, yeah, my first one, I checked out Hawkeye last night, first couple episodes, uh, new Disney Plus show. And yeah, no, I, I don't know what to think of it. I, I did like the first couple episodes. I think it's one of those shows where I'd rather just the entire thing comes out and I binge it in like three days. Um, it's not something I feel like I'm going to be looking forward to every week. Like, oh, what's going to happen in Hawkeye this week? Mm-hmm. Like the first two episodes, they're kind of grouped together as one almost in a sense. And if they're going to do that a lot, you know, it doesn't really make sense. Uh, yeah, Haley Steinfeld. I mean, she's pretty she's pretty good in the show, so not not ragging on her too hard. Um, but yeah, some of the villains and stuff, I don't know. Vera Farmiga is in it. I'm sure she's going to be a bad guy for no reason. Uh, but, you know, Hawkeye, I think he he deserves his own show, due diligence. And uh, I'd definitely say check that out if you like the MCU. But then also, of course, we have to do, you know, the Survivor recap. Corbino, I haven't check out watched the episode, the episode so. You haven't. It's a good one. It's one of the better ones of the season. I'd recommend it if uh, you haven't seen it yet. But yeah, definitely good episode. So go check that out. Awesome. Yeah, I, I'll probably be watching it soon. Uh, I'll definitely watch it before Wednesday because then got the new one coming out after that. Uh, so for me, break time means uh, lots of opportunities to watch movies. So uh, I, I, I picked up on the movie watching. So I, I watched uh, four movies that just came out. So some new releases i uh, checked out uh tick tick boom first of all which is again a movie cody talked about uh with andrew garfield and uh that, that was pretty interesting i wasn't a huge fan of the first half and then i think second half it, it delves a little bit more into the the struggling artist the struggling writer like that side of things and like dealing with failure and like moving on to the next one and i found that a lot more compelling than just like the nothingness that was happening in the first half check Checked out uh, King Richard as well, the Will Smith uh, touted probably best actor performance. Uh, he's really fantastic. I'm not a huge Will Smith fan, but I think he is genuinely great in this movie. And uh, if he wins the Oscar at the end of the day, I, I won't have any problem with it. I think it'll be deserving. And honestly, top three movie of the year for me so far. So I oh, thought King Richard was really wow. good. A really interesting story. Uh, moving on, I went and saw two movies in theaters on Black Friday. I saw Belfast, uh, which is a Kenneth Branagh semi-autobiographical story about growing up in Northern Ireland in the late 60s and all the gang violence and uh, religious uh, issues that were going on during that time and the riots and whatnot. Uh, movie that I didn't really know a ton about but had heard is basically you know a best picture contender. Uh, and I would say it definitely is a best picture contender. Also uh, a, a top 10 movie of the year for me really interesting uh, everyone just looks beautiful in it shot in black and white uh just a bunch of irish people riding but then <laughs> great great kid acting and, and and the struggle of you know kind of growing up in, in an environment like that and it, it's definitely a crazy story and then finally the uh the ridley scott directorial uh second directed movie 
from Ridley Scott to come out this year, House of Gucci. That movie's a lot. It's long. It's affluent and extravagant and exclamation points all over the place is essentially how I <laughs> describe it. Uh, story's okay. Acting, everybody's acting their asses off. I think Jared Leto take away the Joker part of his career and Jared Leto is one of the best actors of all time. Really? Wow. Uh, wow. I, he always knows what movie he's in. So even whereas like this isn't a traditionally great acting performance or like it's not necessarily like your traditional dramatic performance. He knows what kind of flamboyant, extravagant, over the top method acting role that he needs to play. And it just you can enjoy him just sitting there and doing nothing in this film. He's great. Obviously, Requiem for a Dream, I love. Uh, <clears throat> Fantastic in Dallas Buyers Club, even though it may yeah. be a problematic performance. Uh, I, I think Jared Leto will never phone in a performance and it is, is always going to be historically great. And then you've got Adam Driver, who uh, I think in our next episode next week, we probably will both talk about a lot. Uh, just a fantastic actor, as well as, you know, greats like Al Pacino, <laughs> uh, Jeremy Lady Irons, Gaga. and then Oh, Oscar great. nominated Lady Gaga. What? She <laughs> you won. Think she's man. gonna get nominated. I think she is. Did she win before? Best actress. She Did she nominated. win? She was nominated she... for best actress. I don't think she won. Yeah, that would have been crazy. Do you think she's gonna get nominated for this? I do I think do she's gonna get nominated out. for her Russian oh. accent. Yeah. I do want to go check this movie out just because it's Lady Gaga, Adam Driver, and Jared Leto mm. as like the main three, and you got Pacino too. Um, this is one of them where like the reviews has kind of been a little iffy, but if you're saying you liked it, I definitely will go check this movie out. Honestly, it was, it was, yeah. was mid tier for me. Like okay. movies, it, I gave it three and a half stars. Pretty good. Definitely a fun movie bad. though, which is, yeah. is it was just, <laughs> it was enjoyable to watch and a story that I really didn't know anything about. So uh, delving into that and like what actually happened, because it is based on inspired by true events, mm-hmm. uh, pretty crazy stuff that happens with the, uh, the Gucci family. So Nice. I heard uh, some pretty dog water reviews, so that's that's interesting. Yeah, that's what I heard too. But I, we have what are we doing next week? I don't even remember. <laughs> Top five favorite actors currently working. Uh, oh, currently. wow! Well, I got I got to go deep into that. I mean, we know Dave <laughs> Bautista is going to be on top, but other than that, who the hell knows? No, no spoilers for the list. Uh, my last thing that I will recommend that I have not mm-hmm. been into the Sex Education Butterboy himself. Fantastic show. Just know when you fire it up, the first scene, you're just going to be having a straight sex scene. So, you know, watch who's around you. I believe Cody used to refer to it as me watching porn when I would watch the show. He would come in and you and Connor would say I was watching porn in my room. But somebody's always doing something. Just trying to watch sex education, (laughs) which is is truly a fantastic show with fantastic representation uh, of, of all types of every type of representation is is found within the show. And it, it just makes you know, people feel better. I think it makes me feel better about life. So shout out to sex education. Good. Any other recommendations, guys? I got nothing. Yeah, I, right. recommend, I recommend uh, listening to Cap episode, uh, whatever this is, you know, good episode. <laughs> yeah, I heard it's pretty good. Follow Cody and I on Letterboxd. Uh, rate us on Apple Podcasts. Share with a friend. Hit us rate up me to my face. Again yeah also yeah definitely just that that's the big one i think still looking for guests we do have some people have reached out but um definitely like feel free to like just just reach out because i mean we're probably not gonna say no so yeah yeah oh um, corbin when's uh snyder's cut for this episode coming out 
<laughs> oh, it's already out. <laughs> Hashtag leave it in. Do you want to know who my this is, this is unrelated? Uh, mm-hmm. You want to know who my most watched director of the year so far has been with like eight movies? Wow. Is it Ridley Scott? Zack Snyder. Huh. Speaking oh. of the Snyder cut. Wow. Why are you watching so many Zack Snyder movies? I don't know. I was really disappointed when I saw that. Uh, but it's because I rewatched all of the like DCU movies before the Snyder cut came out. Mm. And then I also watched his new movie and Watchmen. I was going to say Watchmen. I love Watchmen personally, but that's probably just because I haven't read the graphic novel, I think. And uh, it's just super stylistic. I I think that's probably Zack Snyder's best movie, if I'm being honest. Yeah, it's probably his best. Uh, HBO Max tv show watchman i hear is much better so check that out yeah i haven't seen that but i do want to watch that <laughs> all right everybody stay capping austin thank awesome. you for joining us appreciate you coming up yeah no problem peace, peace.